everyone, and welcome to that time when Halloween special. Halloween. <laughs> I'm Amelia Edwards, and I am Barnaby King. And I am Barnaby Spooky King. <laughs> <laughs> what, like we're um, animators on The Simpsons? Yes. We just need to have a little yeah. name in we, there. Yeah. I mean, our names don't really lend themselves, I don't think. <laughs> no. Batnaby, maybe? <laughs> Batnaby. <laughs> uh, uh, a, a, a ghoulie? No. No. Uh, your name's not good for this. My name's not good for this. <laughs> Anyways, um, I was actually thinking that today we might start off with a bit of a horror story. Ooh. I know. I'm going to tell it in traditional campfire style. Okay. Do, so, I, do I have to be involved in this? Of course you have to be involved Ooh, in do this. do I have a part? You do. What's my character? Well, you are a 13-year-old girl. You, okay, yeah, that tracks. Um, let's call you Maria because this is set in Eastern Europe. Oh, I shall, if you'll just have to prepare me, I'll just have to do some work. <clears throat> right, I've got the accent for this. How's this for an accent? I'm from Eastern Europe, don't you know? What the f*** is that? <laughs> Why, I am a fine Eastern European 13-year-old girl. This isn't very spooky, and also that's not an Eastern European accent. Okay, I won't do an accent. <laughs> okay. Or will I? <laughs> we'll so, have to see what happens when I open my mouth. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you are Maria, a 13-year-old girl from the village of... And I may not be pronouncing this very well because it's in modern-day Slovakia. Mm. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know what Slovakian words sound like. No, fair. Um, but she's from Kachtike, I think, or Kachtike. Hmm. Uh, she's from a village which is near to a castle in what was then Hungary. Hello, I am Maria. I come from unpronounceable village. <laughs> and Maria, Hello. Um, your family has been in poverty for many years. Oh, we are so poor, so hungry. Because Hungary is at war with the Ottomans. I already said I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I've got to make the obvious joke. <laughs> of course you've got to make the obvious joke. So I, I am in poverty. Tell me more about my story. So, Maria, you are... Like, you come home one day and your mum is really happy because you've got a job. Mother, why are you so happy? Daughter, you have job in local castle. I have job? In I local no, castle. I no longer have to get food by licking the streets. <laughs> no street licking for any of us. We will all be fed on... <laughs> Like weird potato cookies, which are part of the story. <laughs> Genuinely, this is a thing. Oh, I love potato cookies. You Much have... <laughs> better than looking dirt. Um, so you're really happy. You're going to get fed. Yay. How exciting. And you're going to go and work for the local countess. He's, oh. a, he's sort of a celebrity. Because um, as I've said, we're at war with the Ottomans. And the countess's late husband mm. was kind of a war hero. He led the Hungarian troops against the Ottomans. I have seen paparazzi pictures in Daily Star. <laughs> so, you're re you get yourself ready to go, you get yourself all nicely dressed up. I wear my decorative shellfish hat. <laughs> what? It's okay. traditional in the village. Sure. Um, I'm not sure we've got any listeners from Slovakia. Oh my so... god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry for, like, my just generic Eastern European accent as well. But who knows? Let's, who let's knows? just continue. Who knows? Um, Hello. 
<laughs> Are we going to be able to get through this? Yes, it'll be fine. <laughs> okay. So you go up to the ca- to the castle and it's going to be a great time because not only are you going to get fed, but loads of your friends have also gone to work at the castle. Ah, my lovely friends who I don't get to see so much these days. Presumably so, they are all just so happy at the castle. Of course they're having a great time at the castle. Yeah. So you go up to the castle and as soon as you walk in the front door, you realise something's wrong. Oh no. That- None of the girls you know are there to join you. There are three elderly servant ladies who welcome you in with a cackle. Hello, old women. (laughs) Welcome to Kachchiki Castle. Are you here to tell me that my son will be king of Scotland? (laughs) (laughs) The hell are you all about, girl? Come on in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is traditional. You meet three creepy old women, they tell your son will be king of Scotland. Your son will not be king of Scotland. You will have no sons. Meh. Oh, f- you too. <laughs> so these old ladies, they bring you into the castle. And before you know it, you're tied up in a dungeon. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, right? This has escalated quickly. Yep, you are definitely not going home. Oh, dear. Um, your mistress is Elizabeth Bathory. And she is well known for murdering between 50 and 650 girls what i know right how is there such like how is there such a vast difference between those numbers i'm gonna tell you Ah. in a bit oh no we must leave maria we must leave maria she's tied up she's being tortured oh god i know this Goodbye, is, Maria. This isn't fun. <laughs> no, um, but I wanted to talk about Elizabeth Bathory as an example of a Halloween-type character. Okay. Um, because she is one of those characters you sort of hear a little bits about her every once in a while, mm. um, but probably not in any detail. Okay. Um, she's famous because in legend she bathed in the blood of young women in order to keep herself uh... young and beautiful. That's like a popular sort of story about vampires, isn't it? This was the inspiration for ah. that myth. She was one of the influences for Dracula. Ah. Also, just on a slight side note and for like nerd references, uh, there's a game series that I really enjoyed, the Diablo series. Uh, there's a character you fight in the second one who is called the Countess. Oh, yes. Who, there's this big thing about how she bathed in the rejuvenating blood of a hundred virgins. Oh, man, a hundred virgins. Yeah. Which, that's got to be... That seems excessive. That's got to be a pretty big bathtub. Yeah, right? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I think this point's already been made by Terry Pratchett. Yes, it has in Carpe Jugulum. Yes. Yes. (laughs) My sister says that even... Even small virgins, the bathtub will overflow after about 40. (laughs) Um, So, she's supposed to have bathed in this blood. And the reason why she's one of the influences for Dracula is partly because of this connection between blood and immortality and never aging. Now, you like your skin regimes. I do. I keep trying to do the Korean 10-step skincare regime, but that's a lot of steps. It's just mad. Yes. Surely... Blood has no restorative value for the skin. Um, probably not, no. I wouldn't have thought so. Like, what could possibly be in there that you, that would justify, like, covering yourself in it like it's like a vino or something? 
Well, there's nothing in reality that would justify this. Right. So it's all about, you know, youthful blood. It's partly about that. And it's also partly about religious issues. Okay, religious issues. Yes. Okay, so part of the reason why Elizabeth Bathory is just like so interesting to look into, but also so difficult to look into, is because pretty much everything written about her has had something added into it that's either come from the local legends or from whatever historians writing about her at the time. Ah, okay. Is she a bit of a sensational topic? She really is. Okay. So I couldn't find a reason why somebody first said, oh, she bathed in the blood of virgins. Mm. By the way, this was never an accusation that was made about her. Right. Like she definitely murdered people (laughs) and in really horrible ways, but she never never bathed in the blood of virgins. Right, okay. Um, The reason that I found that like suggested this yeah. uh, was from a thesis I read, which partly said, so the person writing this thesis says, the first time a proper historian writes about Elizabeth Bathory is a hundred years after she's died. Right, I see. And Elizabeth was Protestant. Mm. And a hundred years later, Hungary was converting back to Catholicism. Right. And the first person to write about her was also Catholic. Yeah. So they're trying to make the Protestants seem monstrous. Yeah, of course. And like prevent any reconversions back to Protestantism because you know how Europe is when it comes to Catholic yeah. being Protestant. It's like back and forth, like and forth a tennis match. bloody time. I know. It's like, make your mind up, guys. And every single time, it seems, they're going to claim that such and such a person was monstrous in some sort of way mm-hmm. entirely because they're Protestant or Catholic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what is it What is it with this things and blood? It's like the, um, oh God, what, what was it called? That weird thing that used to be said about Jewish people, that they used blood in unleavened oh bread. Oh my gosh, the um, the blood libel. The blood yes. libel, that's it. Um, <laughs> I think it's because of Jesus. Right. Like, this is my theory, is um, basically, like, because Jesus said, drink this wine, it is my blood. Right. And so Christianity's always had this particular emphasis about blood being life and, yeah. like, specifically the life of Christ. But right. then you get into vampire mythology and it yeah. becomes blood is eternal life, like, literally. Mm. And it all gets a bit weird. Okay. Yeah. So people are just being a bit too literal about Jesus. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down, guys. Calm down, have some wine. Get (laughs) smashed and stop trying to, like, spread rumours about people. If we could, that would be great. Do you want to hear um, one of the theories about her bathing and blood before we move on? Yes. Okay, so this is, according to the legend, as as written about by Reverend Sabine Baring Gould, that's a great, great name. name. Sabine Bering Gould. He wrote Onward Christian Soldiers. Really? Yes. Oh, amazing. So the Reverend Sabine Bering Gould was <laughs> although, an Englishman. Although saying that, Onward Christian Soldiers, I'm just going to think of the tick. I know, right? Because, I mean... You've been re-watching the Amazon series The Tick lately. Which is so good. And I'm going to use my platform on this podcast to say it is criminal (laughs) that that show was cancelled because it's wonderful. But yes, there is a character, a superhero called Christian Soldier, who adopts this talking dog and he names it Onward. It's so good. (laughs) Um, So, the Reverend Sabine Baron Gould, as well as writing Onward's Christian Soldiers... It's got such a melodic name. It's so good. The Reverend Sabine... Oh, no. The... Wait, the Reverend Sabine Baring Gould. <laughs> um, it's got so, that Danny Elfman. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. 
<laughs> well, oh my gosh, such a Halloween name. Yeah. Also, Sabine. Sabine's good. Good name. Yeah, very good. Yeah, that's not one you hear. No. Hmm. See, that said, I work with a Sabine. Oh. Maybe could, I'm pronouncing this guy's name yeah, wrong. Yeah, could it be Sabine Berengould? It's a man, though. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I'm going to call him Sabine Berengould because I think it sounds good. It does sound better. Um, so... As well as writing hymns, he was also a collection. He was also a collector of folk tales, mm-hmm. and so he wrote um, this one folk tale that he had heard from another German writer called Wagner, but not that Wagner. There are tons of Wagners. Yeah, you don't, yeah. Um, so he wrote in his book, "The Book of Werewolves," being an account. <laughs> Oh my god, imagine being credited in history for writing a book called The Book of Werewolves. I haven't even got to the end of the title. Oh my god, brilliant, go on. The Book of Werewolves being an account of a terrible superstition. Amazing, nice. He wrote, Elizabeth was wont to dress well in order to please her husband, and she spent half the day over her toilet. I know. Yeah, but... (laughs) She got some IBS issues. (laughs) I feel you, sister. (laughs) On one occasion, a lady's maid saw something wrong in her headdress, and as a recompense for observing it, received such a severe box on the ears that the blood gushed from her nose. Oh my god! And spirited onto her mistress's face. What? When the blood drops were washed off her face, her skin appeared much more beautiful, whiter and more translucent on the spots where the blood had been. Right. I'm going to call bullshit on that. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a really easy experiment to replicate. Right. If it's like an instant <laughs> thing, then no, we'd all be bathing in virgin's blood. Yeah, some unscrupulous pharmaceutical company would 100% be marketing that. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, so apparently she then resolved to bathe in blood regularly to keep herself looking young and beautiful for her husband. Because she beat the shit out of a maid. Because she did. I mean, to be fair... On his part, the Reverend Sabine Baring Gould and Wagner's part. Yeah. She really did beat up her maids. I mean, sure. yeah, yeah. I, I, From what little we know of her so far, doesn't surprise me. Mm. Sounds like she has a bit of a temper. <laughs> and, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, not much of a moral compass. <laughs> no. Um, so Bathory is really mad to read about because the first part of her, part of her life is just so... Normal. Oh, okay. So she was born in 1560. Hello. Hello. I am Elizabeth Bethany. <laughs> and she was married to another aristocrat, Frank Nadadsky. Oh, delightful. When she was 15 and he was 19. Ah, age difference not so bad this time. I know, it's not too bad. <laughs> um, and she kept her name. Some people have claimed that this is because she was from a more powerful family. But as far as I can tell, it's just traditional in Hungary that people keep their own names. I am Elizabeth Trump. Sorry. You looked at me like I'd gone mad just there. <laughs> Cheers for that. It's all right. You can just say the joke didn't work. <laughs> um, so she seems to have been a good wife and countess up until the point where Ferenc became ill in 1601 from a disease that caused debilitating pain in his legs. And so I ate his legs. He has no legs. He has no pain. <laughs> I like the logic, but she didn't. She just got really, really depressed and got a friend to come and move in with her. And then I ate the friend. <laughs> and um, bathed in her blood <laughs> for shits and giggles. 
Hello? Are you still there? No. I'm glad to be interviewed by you. Why is Elizabeth Bathory's voice the same as her maid's? <laughs> because this is only voice I picked. <laughs> but Elizabeth, you're 50 now or something. Hello! <laughs> I am Elizabeth Bathory. Hey, look, I don't always know when I open my mouth what voice is going to come out, all right? We've played D&D together long enough that you should know this. Sometimes it just works out wrong, all right? <laughs> okay, I will retire the Elizabeth Bathory character. Let's continue with the story. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Am I being an inconvenience to you now? <laughs> no, it's just like teaching your nine this afternoon. Oh, that's not nice. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. Continue. Okay, so between the time when Frank became ill, yeah, and when he died in 1604, mm. rumors about Elizabeth start to spread around the local countryside. Okay, so. Apparently, her family had always treated their servants really cruelly. Ah. So an example of this is Ferenc had taught Elizabeth how to punish servants by rolling up an oiled piece of paper between their toes and setting fire to it. Oh, my God. Right? That seems just bizarre. I mean, I I feel like the Trump comparison is more apt now, what with, you know, the child learning how to be awful from the parent. I mean, that's probably true. But in this case, she's learning how to be awful from her husband. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, good point. Mm. Um, So, it seems like just general random acts of cruelty are just a part of their household, for whatever reason. Right. Like, I was aware that... You know, it is the 1600s, the late 1500s. Yeah. In England, definitely beating your servant was a thing. Yeah. I'm not sure that weird sadistic type punishments were a thing, though. Hmm. This seems unusual. I you, you kind of got to feel that people would start, you know, revolting about this sort of thing. But apparently they just didn't. Like, apparently it was that bad that you're kind of like, oh, you know, my master's just burned my feet again, but that's what I'm led to expect. But I mean, okay, are you talking about in this specific instance or generally? Because I think if it was more widespread, I would expect there to be revolting going on. Oh, I see. I think it's widespread. Oh, okay. Well, got to go back and unionise the workforce. Of course. Um, So... Then it gets worse, though. Right. Because in 1601, Elizabeth's friend Anna Dorvula moves in with her. Okay. And Elizabeth's friend Dorvula is rumoured to be a witch. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently she was the one who taught Elizabeth how to torture young women to death. Now, I'm not sure that one needs to be taught how to torture young women to death. Um, I think that there's this sort of suggestion that... She was, like, encouraging this kind of behaviour. But to be honest, I think she's a scapegoat. Yeah. Although maybe it's not so much that she's being taught how to torture them to death, but it's more how to keep them alive long enough to, you know, torture them some more. I don't know. This is pretty unpleasant right now. I mean, it's grim. (laughs) 
Oh dear. We've gone full on serial killer territory yeah. today. Yeah. She does sound like a pretty like like a, what we would expect a modern sort of serial killer to be like. She's like a modern serial killer but one who doesn't have to worry yeah. about people finding out because she's got a massive castle. Yeah. And you know, can hire people to be tortured to death and no one will ever say anything. So how old is she when, like, the rumours... Like, when it's believed that she started doing the murdering? So she's about 40. That's when she starts murdering? Yes. You've got to expect there's probably something earlier than that, surely? Yeah, you'd think so. Well, there's got to be some escalation. Mm. Like, I get the... Like, random servant torturing. But you've got to feel like... How much do we know, like, about her family and about what they were like? Well, okay, so the problem is that there's lots of um, what has been described as peasant rumours about her family and the way that they brought her up. Right. So we don't know how much of it's true because a lot of what was written down was just based on random accusations like a 100 years after the Uh, fact. Okay, right. Like, when people went around the Hungarian countryside trying to find out about it. Mm. So there were some, like, absolutely mad rumours going around, like, saying that um, she had been taught how to be cruel by her family, including being witness to several more servant murders, and one instance where somebody was sewn up inside a dead horse and left to suffocate. That's horrible. Which is horrible and probably didn't happen. I mean, the logistics of it aside. I know. A lot of these torches are very hard to do. Yeah. Like, it, it's. It, I tell you what, it's reminding me of yet another Viking myth. Mm-hmm. It's Viking myth hour. Because hey. it seems that I'm going to cram them in wherever I can until I do a full episode about the Vikings and the myths around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is this thing called the Blood Eagle. And it's been repeated a lot in, in the uh, Amazon... I think it's I don't know if they actually like commissioned it but anyway there's the series Vikings they do a blood eagle where they mm-hmm. like crack open the ribs from the back and pull out their lungs and like make it all look like there's an eagle they do it in midsummer as well yes they do yes and it almost certainly did not happen because for a number of reasons firstly the Vikings were quite efficient uh, <laughs> and that's something that would have taken ages so they probably would have just killed people in fact there's sort of the the more accurate thinking, I guess, or like the, the more modern interpretation, is that to carve a blood eagle, which is where we get this term from, just means to kill. Okay. Um, you mean to say they weren't like, oh, you know what, guys? I could just straight up murder this guy. Or I could, I could... magically somehow pull his ribs out of the back of his... Yeah. Like, back and then his lungs forward and, and I think some people oh, so have <laughs> some people have worked out like medically that mm-hmm. it is at, at a point very early on the person is dead so it's like there's really no point in this at this time imagine if some of the Vikings were like oh hey I've heard about this thing we could do we could do the blood eagle and everyone's like oh yeah Ivor <laughs> let's let's do this so they're like getting ready to do a blood eagle they get super excited about it they're like we're gonna we're gonna pull this guy's ribs out of his back it's gonna be ace and then they're like oh no he's already dead and it's like but we didn't even get started they're like no no he's dead Aww. should we do the whole thing anyway oh Ivan um, uncle uncle <laughs> We've got another captive here. Let's try it again. Oh, no, this one's dead too. <laughs> We've run out of captives. Shit. Well, let's use a villager. 
eventually it's just the last person trying to blood eagle himself yeah <laughs> okay so i mean this is this is what i kind of mean by this like yeah these elaborate torture things we hear about from history i feel like more often than not they're probably sensationalized yeah i mean you're living in the 1600s in the middle of nowhere yeah you want to try and keep yourself entertained i guess <laughs> no 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 not by, di- <laughs> by not- thinking up more elaborate tortures <laughs> yeah like it's horror stories yeah That's okay what it is. yeah yeah i can see that it's the um it's the equivalent of like the Saw films. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That actually makes a lot of sense mm. to me then. Okay. So the thing about Countess Bathory is that she did manage to get away with this for quite a long time. Well, she is a countess. She is a countess. Um, here's what happened. Here's where it started going wrong for her. So around the point where she's managed to kill maybe about 40 girls she was in the bath too long and it congealed around her (laughs) and now she's just in a block someone's pointed out that you can't have a bath full of blood because it would congeal before you managed to get (laughs) so unless you had some anti-coagulants but those didn't exist in the 1600s no Countess Bathory is actually a time traveller she went into the future got a load of warfarin from the pharmacy (laughs) just ground it up into powder and then mixed it in oh my god somehow that's more gross and I don't know why (laughs) oh dear okay the problem was that in 1609 uh, due to the aforementioned Ottoman war Mm. uh, she realised that she was starting to run out of money I thought you were going to say run out of people (laughs) apparently she had also started to run out of people (laughs) but she started to run out of money so she started a finishing school oh my god Right. Is it a finish it for finishing off the pupils, I imagine? Um, Is this what happens? Yes. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) It was going to be for girls from the lesser nobility. Right. Um, Within three weeks of starting her finishing school, all the girls were dead. That seems quite dangerous because, like, I'm assuming beforehand she's targeting the peasantry. Yes. And now she's targeting lesser nobility. Yes. Like, there are going to be some people who are going to notice and have the ability to do something about it. Yeah, definitely. Like, at this point, when their families start to complain, you can't just ignore it. Yeah. Um, so, George Thurzo, who was the Palatine of Hungary, I don't know what a Palatine is, but I think it's like head investigator and like in charge of a bunch of stuff okay right it's a good title i know it's good Um, he was palatine of hungary and he was sent to investigate around the point he started his investigation um the local priest uh sent him a letter to tell him that he'd found the bodies of nine dead girls in the catacombs between the castle and the chapel (laughs) and he's like they're in the catacombs that's where they should be well (laughs) i don't why are you bringing this to me you might as well say there are girls in the graveyard oh no (laughs) but yeah like I love it though imagine between the castle and the chapel there are catacombs and you find the bodies of nine dead girls it's such a gothic horror story thing to happen yeah you gotta appreciate the sort of uh, real real sticking to those tropes right there oh yes especially because the gothic um, hasn't been invented yet yeah so well done Pre-trophing. Yeah. She's a trendsetter. So the problem that Thurzo has to deal with is this. On Elizabeth's husband's deathbed, he said, 
I want you to look after Elizabeth. He said, my wife's a murderer. <laughs> God damn. Can someone help me? Uh, apparently, uh, everything was fine with Ferenc, apart from the fact that he was, you know, dying of this leg disease, which he'd got when he was at war. Yeah. Um, okay. Before Elizabeth's husband died, mm-hmm. he asked Thursday to look after his wife. Yeah. And also to look after his children, yeah. the castle, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So Thurzo's kind of got two different issues. Yeah. Firstly, he's got to do his job as the Palatine. Yeah. And that means investigating all these murders. Right, yeah. But on the other hand, he's also got to look after this family. He has to look after the murderer. <gasps> but literally, yeah. Yeah. Because if... In those days, you were found guilty of so many murders, you're going to get executed. Yeah. And if you get executed in Hungary in the 1600s... Right. Your children lose their status as nobility. Oh. So not only would he be letting down his friend... Yeah. ...in having his wife executed, but also it would mean that the children wouldn't get to stay being counts and countesses. Right. So he's got to sacrifice one of his jobs. Yes. <laughs> right. Ooh, so, the moral quandary. I know. Tricky stuff. So he goes, you know what? I'm going to treat this real delicately. Mm-hmm. So he decides the best thing to do is to go to a banquet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's just going to get pissed up. <laughs> Well, he decides the best thing to do is to go to a banquet and use that to investigate ah. what's going on. So he puts on his sleuthing hat and his gum <laughs> shoes, and he hits the streets of Hungary. Absolutely, he turns up to this banquet in a trench coat, and people are like, "The hell are you wearing?" <laughs> he looks at Elizabeth Bathory and is like, "She was quite the dame." <laughs> I mean, she was quite the dame. She yeah. was really beautiful from all her pale, translucent, ah. uh, blood-treated skin. She had translucent legs all the way up to her ears, <laughs> but I couldn't see that because it was underneath her skirts and her overskirts. <laughs> it was underneath sixteen layers of clothing. <laughs> But I knew there were legs under there. (laughs) And I knew how translucent they were. (laughs) Okay, so... I um, could pick out each individual muscle. Mm. (laughs) Oh my God, that's really gross. (laughs) Oh, come on, like the rest of this hasn't been gross. We talked about someone being sewn up inside a horse. Oh yeah, we did. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to include that in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're already dead, so... Okay. (laughs) Can't blame me for making it gross. (laughs) You can't blame me either. I'm just telling you historical stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm now kind of wondering if I should record a disclaimer at the beginning of this being like, this episode's gross. <laughs> okay, so he goes to this banquet with Elizabeth and he asks her about all these deaths. Yeah. Like, how come all of your children that you had, that you were teaching in your finishing school died within three weeks. And she goes, oh, they were just ill. Mm. And he's like, well, what about all these servants then? Why are all of they, why are they all dead? And she's like, oh, they were ill too. (laughs) Um, And to be fair, she did have a letter from the mother of one of the servants saying that it was illness. So we've got at least one off of Mm. the between 50 and 650 children she's murdered at this point. Yeah, you got to kind of feel like if you're investigating this, if someone's suggesting you that these people are ill, 
It's kind of more believable than that they have all been murdered by one person. It's like, okay, yeah. so there's a little plague going around. Well, I mean, she says that all of the girls died of typhoid, I think, which was a really uh, big yeah. deal that did spread really quickly, and it was infamous for taking down a whole school. Yeah. So that would totally have worked. But the problem is, when he pressed her on this, yeah, she got angry <gasps> and left the banquet... So she left her own Christmas Eve banquet because she was so angry. He's ruined Christmas. He's ruined Christmas. How could you? Just let the poor woman have her nice special family time. Her special ever-dwindling family time. (laughs) Her family are fine. Okay. Her ever-dwindling friends time. Mm. Um, So... Thurzo is like, well, that does it. Yeah. And he comes back to arrest Elizabeth with a bunch of soldiers four days later. Wow, okay. Um, when he does this, he finds one dead girl in the hallway. Oh, my God. She doesn't give a shit at this stage. No. Like, why would you do this four days after <laughs> Thurzo's pressing you about this? Is she a cat or something? I don't know. Is she just, like, leaving them as presents for people? <laughs> Uh, hey <laughs> hey friend I just left a dead girl on your doorstep and oh then... that shows she likes us <laughs> oh my god <laughs> dragging it through the cat flat oh my god <laughs> no um, oh. And then he finds the three servants who mm. are sort of in on this uh, cleaning up after the torture session of another girl. God, that's got to be an awful job. And she was alive, but barely. Oh, my God. So, hey, Maria made it. Hey. hey. Hello. I am Maria and I am alive. Hooray. But only just. But only just. I am now just a head in a jar. Oh, God. No, no, no. She's just she's just been tortured. Don't even worry. God. Oh, this is deeply unpleasant. Oh, it's going to get worse because oh, I've got God. a list here. No. <laughs> so um, I've got a list here from the website Rejected Princesses. By the way... <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, so this is great. Um, basically... These amazing people have done this site called Rejected Princesses, which is like little cartoon versions of different characters from history who are mostly really cool women. Right. Uh, The Rejected Princesses editor who did this one thinks that Elizabeth Bathory was completely innocent, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, I disagree. Is is Um, there evidence for that? I'll talk about that at the end, I think. Ooh, tantalizing. Um, But the Rejected Princesses people, in aid of pointing out how ridiculous all of the things that she was accused yeah. of, um, has made a list. Oh, my God. So Thurzo went around and talked to 300 witnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also tortured the three servants, uh, which was commonplace at the time. And at this point, they're just used to it. I mean... It's like, yeah, fine. Um, it's normal Thursday for us. The three servants are the reasons why we've got the estimation of between 50 and 650 right, people, because yeah. uh, her closest, like, friendly servant, I guess, yeah. who was also the wet nurse to her children right um said that it was 50 girls who'd been killed and then the one who was apparently least on her side said 650 so right i mean i think we see throughout history that torture is notoriously unreliable if you're trying to actually get the truth that's true so okay that explains why there can be such a huge difference between these figures right yeah yeah there's your reason basically yeah so 
after the 300 witnesses were questioned, mm. apparently she kept servants chained up every night so tight their hands turned blue and they spurted blood. Hey. She beat a servant in Vienna so loudly that her neighbours, some monks, threw clay pots at the wall in protest. Nice. Strangled a servant to death with a silk scarf. I mean, that's just classy. I, that is quite classy. <laughs> um, she stabbed them, pricked them in their mouths and fingernails with needles and cut their hands, lips and noses with scissors. I'm definitely going to be putting a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, I think so. Uh, she had them stand in tubs of ice water up to their necks outside in winter until they died. Okay. She smeared a girl with honey and left her outside to be bitten by ants, wasps, bees and flies. Right. I have heard of that before, actually. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah, there's this idea of that. Again, it sounds like one of those things that's probably more trouble than it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, to be honest. a lot of honey. That is a lot of honey. Yeah. It goes to better use. Yeah. Um, I'm leaving out the more grotesque ones, by the way. Oh, my God. Um, And possibly my favourite one is about the potato cake. Right. Okay, so uh, she was given, like, she had visited a place and she was given these two potato cookies. Mm. And she gave them to a servant to look after. But when the servant was asked to produce both potato cookies, she could not because she had eaten one of them. Right. So Elizabeth heats up the other potato cookie to red hot temperatures and forces the servant to eat that one too. Wait, how do you heat a potato cookie to red hot? I have no idea. Surely it would just burn. I think it might have been on fire. Right. That would make more sense. Yeah. There's also some more mad things she might have done. Right. She may have tried to poison George Thurzo at the banquet. Okay. And she may also have cast a magic spell to summon a cloud filled with 90 cats to torment her enemies. (laughs) Oh, that's adorable. I know. 90 cats, a cloud of cats. I love it. I think that is actually the collective noun for a cat. A cloud of cats? A cloud of cats. Is it? I think so. Oh, maybe they didn't mean like literally a cloud think they. I think they do mean the collective noun. I'm just going to like look it up and make sure. But I'm, I'm... all but certain that a collective noun of cat... Oh, it's one of those annoying ones where there's quite a few different sorts. Like, a few different... Um, mm. A clouder, apparently. Oh. C-L-O-W-D-E-R. But there's also a glaring of cats. Collective nouns are weird. I think people make them up. Yeah. I don't think they're real. No. I think there's some that are, like herds. Yes. But I think a lot of them are made up. Yeah. And a scargatoire of snails. A superfluity of nuns. Yeah, no one has ever said a superfluity of nuns without having just referred to a list of these. Yeah. Like, a blessing of unicorns. Why would you ever need to have a collective (laughs) noun for unicorns? Well, um... Also, wouldn't it just be a herd? It's like horses. How dare you? They're more majestic. (laughs) Because they've got a big old spike on their face. Sure, okay. Um, Okay, so I I don't think I'm right then. Okay, that's all right. Um, So basically, a a literal cloud (laughs) full of 90 cats. (laughs) Oh my God. Right, yeah. Amazing. So I think that one's pretty good. Yeah. I think I'll I'll leave it there. Mm. And this is on rejected princesses, this list. So if people do want to find the more grotesque ones, that's where they can go. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, this is grim. Are we? Are we? Are we coming to an end? Here? We're coming to an end here. Um, so Thurzo is like clearly I have got to do something about yeah. Elizabeth. So what he does is um, he takes the three servants to trial. Yeah. Never takes Elizabeth to trial. Right. Um, and orders her to be under house arrest. Right. Until the end of her life. Okay. So she never does anything again. Uh, literally, she's got a guard with her the whole time. Mm. So do the three servants effectively get blamed? Um, because surely if if they try her for murder... Yes. Then she dead. Children no longer part of the family. Yes. So... Did they just kind of go, well, the three servants did it and she was involved, but not, you know, actually doing the murder? Or did they just do some? Well, there was this whole... Th- okay, so... Is it because of her privilege? Yeah. Right, okay. It, like, literally, it's because of the laws about nobility, which were right. long and hard to read all about, to be yeah. honest. okay. Um, but basically, noble... like. The nobility had a certain number of rights and privileges. And right. I think avoiding going to trial is partly... Her using that right and privilege. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah. She managed to effectively get away with it, although the trials and the witnesses and Thurzo's whole investigation happened in about 1610, and she did die in 1614. Right, okay. And then we get this whole mad history thing, which is... Mm. Do we add in the idea that she tried to stay beautiful and young forever by bathing herself in blood? Do we disagree with this? Because in the 1970s, and uh, yeah, in the 1970s, when people started having a revisit of this Mm -hmm. story, uh, people said, oh, there's no evidence of that. But what there is evidence of is that she was having an affair with her (sighs) lesbian witch Aunt Clara. What? I don't know. Like, I don't know where they're getting that from at all. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to, like, completely shake up the story there. (laughs) No, no idea. Or uh, do we go with the Hungarian nationalist view of her? Right. Which is that she's completely innocent and it's all a conspiracy. (gasps) For what purpose? This is where a lot of conspiracy theories fall down. Okay. Why? <laughs> here's, here's how the theory goes. Right. Right. So, you may have noticed that Elizabeth was a woman. Okay. And she was a wealthy widow. Right. And so, she had made a loan to some of the leaders of Hungary. Right. And they just didn't want to pay it back. Yes. Right. So... I think there are easier ways. I think this would be a ridiculously convoluted plot to avoid paying her back. Mm. Like, that's my thought as well. Yeah. Um, Also, a thing to bear in mind um, that is mentioned by the lady who wrote the thesis I took a lot of information off. And I'm going to get her up. Okay, so a lot of the information that I got was from... An amazing thesis that has the great title of No Blood in the Water, (laughs) The Legal and Gender Conspiracies Against Countess Elizabeth Bathory in Historical Context. Amazing. Which was by Rachel Lee Bledsaw. That's a a good name. Really good name. Bledsaw. Who did her PhD at Illinois State University. Okay. Um, Hi, Rachel. Hey, Rachel. (laughs) 
Thank you. Um, she wrote this in 2014. Okay. Um, so, yeah, basically she points out throughout, like there's this idea that maybe it was a gendered conspiracy because she's a wealthy widow. Right. Um, but that doesn't really make sense within context because the thing was that there were lots of powerful widows in Hungary at the time. Hmm. And also... You can throw a stone without hitting a wealthy influential widow you really couldn't <laughs> and also because um hungary apparently had this whole really interesting outlook on gender that was quite different to how it was viewed in early modern england for example and okay. um, so for instance boys and girls were brought up exactly the same until they were 10 years old Ah, okay. So no difference whatsoever. No gender reveal parties. No. <laughs> no burning down parts of California <laughs> in order to reveal that this is a boy or girl. No one cares until they're 10. <laughs> and then you have the gender reveal party. Woo! I mean, that would be amazing, wouldn't that it? Being like, like, okay, congratulations, you're 10. Yeah. Now you can tell us. <laughs> now what, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, as well as that, there's this idea that if so women aren't as women aren't as good as men in you know early modern society yeah but that doesn't prevent a woman from being on this from being stronger than men in general and that's considered right. okay kind uh, of okay. like in how elizabeth the first could be queen of england yeah and no one really worried about it yeah i see um like, often you'd do all kinds of, like, interesting and mad things to try and get around it. But yeah. the idea that she was being persecuted because she's female in this instance, probably not. I yeah. think a lot of the myths that built up around her afterwards are because she was a woman. Yeah, and there's definitely, like... It seems like there's a weird sexual element to the myths that isn't doesn't seem to be there in the evidence. Like... The bathing in virgin's blood thing, that's definitely, like, sexual connotations right there. Like, especially for, like, for in order for her to be beautiful and everything oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole she wants to be beautiful no matter what thing is yeah. just, like... Doesn't seem to have been one of her motivations, actually. No, it just sounds like that she was a shit. No, she was just an awful person. Yeah. Like... That's it. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, so the thing is that the reason why this idea of her being persecuted... Uh, is so popular now and was really popular with the Hungarians during mm -hmm. the Cold War right. was because obviously if you're in Hungary during the Cold War there's a bunch of conspiracies going on mm. and you're really cross at having you know I mean cross such an understatement <laughs> <laughs> God, this just isn't my cup you're of a tea. Little, you're a little bit peeved oh. by the fact that the Soviet Union invaded. Oh, God. Soviet Union. I'm really miffed at them, you know? Uh, so they basically <laughs> reclaimed Elizabeth Bathory at right. that point to be like, she's like everyone in Hungary right now right. and is being, you know, unfairly maligned yeah. because of evil conspiracies against her. Right. Um. I still think no. I still think she definitely murdered some people. Mm. I think 650, maybe too many. Mm. I think that I mean, some just, of... just the time. Mm. Like, she's got other stuff to do, presumably. Like, she's a... She was running a castle, yeah. and she was also really well known in the area at the time for being an advocate for poor women. 
Well, I, I bet she is. I bet she's like, give them to me. I'll look after them. Um, and also, uh, women who had become pregnant as a result of um, like army activities with the Ottomans, uh, um, like she stood up for them in a way that other people didn't. Yeah, you don't have the time to murder. No, she doesn't have women. the time to murder six hundred fifty women, and also she definitely doesn't have the time to do something like I don't know, smear them with honey and stick them yeah. outside. I do think she did some of like the weird, sadistic stuff that she's mm. accused of. So one particular story, like I thought we were past the no. gruesomeness. <laughs> um, so like basically, she seems to have had this like really awful sense of like dark humor. Mm, um, so she tended to punish people in line with the thing that they'd done. So like with our example of the potato cookie, yeah, like that kind of punishment yeah. is something that turns up a lot with her. And I can sort of see somebody starting off with that and turning yeah. really grisly, murdery. If you see what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. It's the escalation. Yeah. But maybe she just sees it as a sort of natural punishment yes. because of, you know, class distinctions yeah. and ethnic distinctions. Oh, okay. Um, so she was living in Slovakia mm -hmm. and she was Hungarian. Right. Um, all of the girls around her were Slovakian and there was definitely an ethnicity issue right. going on in the I time. See. So possibly she was also looking down on them from that viewpoint as well. So she was an awful person. So she was a big old racist murderer. Yes. Right, okay, cool. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'm really sorry if I've traumatised you this Halloween, but at least it's the right time of year for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to say thank you to Rejected Princesses and to the author of No Blood in the Water um, for some brilliant research that I used an awful lot of. Mm -hmm. um, and also thank you to Kevin McLeod for any music that we've used and for our theme song. Mm-hmm. If you could uh, follow us on any of the platforms that you might be listening to this on, SoundCloud, Apple, uh, Spotify, and speaking of Apple, if you could rate and review us, give us five stars, that would be great. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We have a Twitter feed. Oh, we have a Twitter feed, yes, <laughs> almost forgot. Uh, we have a Twitter feed, it's at that time when four. If you just search that time when on Twitter, you'll see our shield and it will come up there. Uh, you can also email us any suggestions for episodes. Or... Maybe if you want something a little nicer yeah, and less bloodthirsty. And that's at ttwpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Goodbye.